Your mom has Alzheimer's and you have teenagers. <laughs> so what do you do when your teenagers say no to spending time with grandma? Or maybe your mom thinks that your 10-year-old is actually you. With everything on your plate, how are you supposed to handle that? I'm your host, Valerie Lynn. And this week, we are talking with counselor and RN Alder Allensworth and singer-songwriter and music therapist Brenda Freed about their picture book and program helping families have these conversations with their children and plan activities so that even through the tough stages of Alzheimer's, your family can continue to make memories with grandma. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. I'm so excited because we have not actually talked about this subject that we're going to talk about today. And that is helping families who have a loved one with Alzheimer's and then also have children. We hear stories all the time with our families where the children don't know how to react to grandma. Grandma's not the same <laughs> that she used to be. And yeah. so I'm really, really excited that we're going to talk about that today. So Alder, where did this idea come from? I took care of my mom who had Alzheimer's. And when the grandchildren would come and visit, they did a couple of times a year because of school and that type of thing. And they started seeing changes over a period of time from when they were like real little, two, three years old, and as they were growing, because it's a long-term disease. Now, did they say something? Did they bring it up? Well, what happened <laughs> was my niece was drawing these monsters that were helping her with school and stuff. She was like seven years old, and they disappeared. All of her monsters disappeared. And she just threw a fit. And you know how seven-year-old girls can be a little dramatic <laughs> sometimes. Well, we had reassured her that Gran didn't steal her monsters on purpose. And we found them. And there wasn't really anything out for young kids to explain to them what is Alzheimer's, what behaviors you see, and then what kind of things you can do together to continue to have a wonderful, fun relationship. And so we did that in our family. And me being a music therapist and a counselor, I thought, we've got to share this information. Because the only thing out there were books about the person not remembering. And it's so much more than not remembering. Yes. <laughs> it's yes, wandering. It it's picking yeah. up things and moving them places and sometimes angry outbursts and sometimes incontinence. Absolutely. And I think that families, the, the adults in the family are just as unnerved and don't know what to do, sometimes in denial. And so 
if they're struggling, how can they be expected to be the ones to help their kids get through it? Exactly. Exactly. So I talked to Brenda. She and I've known each other since we were in music therapy internship together. Nice. Back in 1980. Should I tell the year? It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll edit that year out, right? (laughs) Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we've been friends a long time. And she is an incredible singer, songwriter. She's got CDs out. She's great at editing. And she said, I'm going to help you with this project. And it's been more than help. She has really pulled a lion's share of it. And it has just been a wonderful project and it's been going on a while, but it's getting out there. So we're really excited. Because you also use music. Yes. So Brenda, tell me a little bit about what made you really want to do this project. I have a family history of longevity. And so I love old people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and I worked in nursing homes in college and in high school and just have always, you know, respected elders. I also have a lot of elderly friends. So, you know, I was attracted to that. Um, My Alzheimer's uh, experience comes from working in the nursing homes. And uh, as a music therapy intern, we had a rotation in geriatrics. And then um, I pioneered the music therapy program at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics in the 80s, where I worked with adult psych, child psych, chemical dependency, and all patients throughout the hospital system you know, from infants to geriatrics. And that included, of course, some people who had Alzheimer's. I love that. Music and memory is so huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, just all the studies that have been done. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've seen, and then also I had four two-woman shows that performed at, you know, care communities regionally around here. And for 10 years, I did that. So I have seen plenty of cases where, you know, the person is almost catatonic, but we start playing their music and they wake up and the staff would come to us and say, oh, you woke up these patients for the first time. time." (laughs) So, you know, having been witness to all that, and then with Alder's experience with her niece and, and that was way back in what year, Alder, 2000? Probably 2000 something like that. So, you know, the project has been in Alder's mind for a long time and then life happened and she actually, I'll let her tell you, but she took care of her dad as well who had dementia. So, you know, by the time I was introduced to it, it was like 2016. So we've been working on this Mackenzie Meets Alzheimer's project since 2016. And we released the, the video portion of it in 2021. And now the book is coming out in 2023. So nice. it's been a, it's not a race. It's a marathon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yes. That, I mean, it's a big project, but it's so necessary. What are some of, and this is kind of what I want to talk about today. I want to get to your program too. And of course we're going to put everything in show notes, but what are some tips What are some tips for families that are dealing with this 
And is there an age that it starts at for the kids or it just doesn't matter? It's all ages. We believe that we can serve toddlers on up, especially with the introduction of this book. I mean, I'll offer a tip and that is just to be honest and try to answer all their questions honestly Mm -hmm. to alleviate fear. And uh, I'll let Alder talk about some tips as well. Yeah, because the book is a picture book, and so it does serve the the younger kids. What are some of the questions that parents might expect kids to ask? They're kind of like, why is Gran acting so strange? Or what's wrong with her? She didn't do that before. Why is she wandering around so much so late at night? Or what's that funny smell? Doesn't Gran know about the bathroom? Because incontinence happens. Or people forget where the bathroom is. Or why doesn't she remember my name? Mm-hmm. Or why doesn't she remember how to play this game? Mm-hmm. As you're talking about these questions, I'm thinking if I were the caregiver, right? So I'm the mom or the aunt. I feel like some of those questions could be triggering. Oh because, yeah. Because it's so hard to be a caregiver. And now all of a sudden you have your kids asking all these questions about it. <laughs> so I can't you're I exhausted see that. anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And you're trying to figure it all out. And then you're like, well, you know, this is it's a complicated disease and it has so many facets. And Even as an adult, sometimes it's hard to understand. And then you're trying to boil it down and explain it to a child. Exactly. Depending on on the age group. (laughs) Right. So so what are some tips? Do you want to, should we take tips by age groups? Like, so what are some tips for the toddlers? Well, one of my favorite things for toddlers is have you ever noticed, particularly women with Alzheimer's, which unfortunately seems to be the greater portion of the population, they love to play with baby dolls. A lot of times people will buy almost a lifelike baby doll and give it to the person with Alzheimer's. That really helps settle them down because it takes them right back. My niece, who was three, that Christmas, that mom... She was pretty deep. I think it was the Christmas. She died in 2010. So it might have been Christmas of 2009. So she was well progressed into the severe stage of Alzheimer's. She and her niece played dolls together. It was so precious to see them just playing dolls together. And mom was so comfortable with that and they were just having so much fun with that it's okay no matter what age to do that yeah it doesn't matter that she's in her 80s and my niece still remembers them playing dolls together oh wow and as the as the adult what do you say to a toddler to sort of explain why grandma is acting strange or or in answering any of these questions, how do you answer these questions to a toddler? To a toddler, I would just say, well, sometimes grand doesn't think the way she used to think. 
her brain isn't thinking like it used to think. And so we've got to do things a little bit differently with her now. And we can use the example that, that we actually use in our What is Alzheimer's video, and that is to explain that, you know how when you go to get a glass of milk, you have to go to the cupboard, get the glass, then you have to go to the refrigerator and open the door and get the milk. And a person's brain who has Alzheimer's, they forget where they are in the middle of that process. So they might get the glass, but they forget where the refrigerator is, or they might forget what they were going for. To mm-hmm. just give them a concrete example of, so they mm-hmm. might end up with an empty glass and not know what to do with it. Yeah, I like that. So giving them just something simple mm-hmm. to, re, you know, to explain. Yeah. What about that next age group? Probably five, six, seven, that age group. And that age group is so wonderful because they are able to understand a little bit more. They're able to process more. and they can express themselves better. There's a lot of similarities between a toddler and someone with Alzheimer's as far as developmental level, because it's very emotional. Things are on their emotion. If you're hungry and you get cranky, that happens at both ends, you know, that type of thing. Whereas once a child gets a little bit older, there's a little bit more understanding. And you might say to them, well, Gran can't play chess anymore. And I know you used to play chess with Gran, but you know, I think she can still play checkers. Oh, I love that. Giving an an option. Yes. An option that, because checkers is much easier than chess. Right. Or those kinds of things. Well, you know, Gran probably can't do something, you know, complicated thing. So let's do something simpler. Well, grandma can't play rummy, uh, but maybe she could play war. (laughs) Yeah. Or even go fish. Go fish. Yeah. Yeah. And go fish is probably easier than concentration. She can't play concentration anymore. (laughs) I love that. Or maybe just having them, if if they are able to read any kind of book, have them read to Grand you know, to something they can do together. Or if Grant can still read, then they can still sit and read together. You can have them do tasks together. For example, maybe even setting the table or helping to prepare food and, you know, simple things like sorting fruit or something. Or laundry. Yeah, or laundry. Yeah, I actually like that. That kind of leads into helping with chores. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. That's what we talk about. Right. And that's such a positive mm-hmm. thing. You know, like they're losing their grandma, but now all of a sudden grandma can help with chores. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that helps the caregiver. Yes, exactly. And before we move on to the older kids, in this age group, is there a time when parents should, or the adults in the situation, should not be leaving the younger ones alone with Mm -hmm. their loved one? Yes. And we do go over that pretty extensively in our awareness program that families can purchase for each stage, because it's very stage dependent. Yeah, Someone in the mild stage probably doesn't have as many 
things that you would need a responsible adult to intervene as someone in the moderate or the severe. But one of the things that it's important to let, especially kids who are older that are used to opening doors and going in and out and going out to play, say, you're going to have to make sure you close and lock the door because grandma doesn't remember how to get home anymore if she got outside. Or if she insists for you to open the door, come and get me. Don't argue with her come and get me. Yeah. You really do have to educate the kids as mm-hmm. they get older on the, yeah. you know, the things that, you know, we started out talking about the things you can do together, but the things you shouldn't do like argue. Exactly. And I think that's in my experience, that's really hard for the adults not to do. Yeah. <laughs> we're so used to communicating with our loved one, the way we always communicated with them. Mm-hmm. And when that shift happens, man, that's hard. <laughs> yes, it is. So, so I can see there being some accountability there between the uh, older kids and the adults. You know, I could hear the older kid going, Mom, you're not supposed to argue with Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that happens. <laughs> yeah. And another tip that we teach is to always introduce yourself to your loved one. For example, I'm Brenda. I'm your granddaughter. Hi, I'm Brenda. I'm your granddaughter kind of thing. So they know mm-hmm. exactly you know, who you are up front. Yeah. And again, I bet that's dependent on the stage. Right. That seems to happen earlier than later of someone with Alzheimer's or any type of miniature not remembering names. Like getting a little bit confused. Wow. I wonder what that conversation is like when the person with Alzheimer's thinks their grandchild is actually their child. Mm Mm-hmm. I bet that's a tough time too. And that's why it's so important to introduce yourself and do it every time. Yeah. I think young children can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I just worked with a group of young people this last weekend and and all of them were capable of saying who they were and their relationship. So I think five years old on can do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can handle that. Yeah. So let's talk about the big kids. (laughs) (laughs) because you have this group of teenagers that I know I recently worked with a family and the teenagers were kind of annoyed. Mm. Like they were just like, gosh, I don't want to spend time with grandma because she's weird and whatever, you know, straight, she acts strange or she doesn't remember me or she says weird stuff to me and it makes me uncomfortable. Like that group has got to be really tough. So let's talk about them. <laughs> you bring up such an awesome point. And I think it's true throughout every stage. They're going to act a little strange. You're going to feel uncomfortable. And that's okay. And anytime you have these feelings, let's set up a time for you to talk with the responsible adult. Let's set up some time to talk about the changes you're seeing and how that makes you feel. Because kids, whatever age, have tremendous radar. And to encourage them, as Brenda said at the beginning, to be honest and to talk about those feelings. And we're going back to the younger kids again a little bit, but pretend is okay with someone with Alzheimer's. They might think that you're their child and not their grandchild. Don't 
argue with them. Just know they love you. Just know they love you. Yeah. Or they might ask you that same question over and over again, right? Yeah. You know, if teenagers were thinking like, oh man, this is weird. I think the thing to emphasize is we want you to have positive memories of your grandmother. Mm -hmm. So let's focus on what you can do with her to create a positive memory together. And, you know, she's not herself, but if you do this with her, you'll understand that there's still joy to be had with each other. Yeah. What do you say to the teenagers that are so uncomfortable that they say no, that they don't want to spend time with grandma anymore? Do you force that issue? Do you, like, how do you approach that? Well, I think it's important to understand where the no is coming from. Is the no because they're afraid? Is the no because they don't know what to do? Is the no because they're ashamed? Is the no because they're feeling like grandma's taking everything and they're not getting their time? So it's really important to figure out where that no's coming from. And it's really important for parents to realize that their children, and again, whatever age, and even teenagers, even though they're like, I'm going off with my friends and I don't need parents anymore, they still need parents. (laughs) They still want parents. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So setting up special time with them to do things that they love to do with you and find someone else to caregive for grandma Let's you and I go see that movie you've been wanting to see, and I'll see if my sister can come and sit with Gran during that time. Yeah, I love that. I really like, again, going back to having that honest conversation because there are so many reasons that that no could be happening. It it could be also Mm -hmm. sadness. Yeah. You know, things are changing and that's hard. I think it's also a good opportunity to talk about compassion Mm -hmm. and teach teenagers what is compassion and how does one show it and why is it so necessary when you're dealing with someone who has Alzheimer's. Yeah, absolutely. I think that can go a long ways with, you know, people who are trying to distance themselves from someone who has Alzheimer's and you don't know, it could be you. Right. (laughs) How would you want to be treated? You know, Mm -hmm. you know, our awareness program stresses love and understanding. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. So what does your program do for families? It gives families information, tips, activities to do with a person who has Alzheimer's in each stage of the disease to maintain that relationship throughout the disease and then to be left with positive memories even in the severe stage when it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Once again, the compassion of just holding the person's hand, talking to them, even though they may not be able to talk to you. And we provide those activities to do in each stage of the disease. And so we, we try to help people from diagnosis through the severe stage. Nice. And so how's the program set up? It's five videos. What is Alzheimer's? What is mild-stage Alzheimer's disease, moderate-stage Alzheimer's disease, severe-stage Alzheimer's disease. The videos range from six minutes to 15 for the children. And then the one 
for adults is 26 minutes. That's the coping with Alzheimer's disease for the responsible adult children. And those are, that's for the adults. The others are for the entire family, because even though they are made comprehensive and concise for children, they're informative for adults as well. The program has a reference guide that's downloadable. So like, oh, we're going to go see Grand today. She's in the moderate stage. What can we do with her? And those activities will be listed. And then there is a lyric video to go with our animated story song video to accommodate early readers as well as people with hearing impairments. People with hearing impairments can also order transcripts of the videos. I just love your program. And again, we'll put links to all of that in show notes. So Brenda and Alder, and you can each give me one, but of course I ask everyone at the end of the show, what would be your number one doable tip for families? Alder, do you want to go first? I think the number one doable tip, oh my gosh, there's so many, it's hard to pick out number one. I think to keep it simple, because too much noise, complication, confusion, too many directions at once are just confusing for everybody. So just keep a simple schedule going so nobody, everybody in the home knows what to expect. We get up, we have breakfast. Then the kid may go to school and now it's shower time for the person with Alzheimer's. The kids come home from school, they get together with Gran and make a snack. And then, you know, it's homework time for them and Gran's doing something else. But get a nice schedule going because in a situation where there is so much change and angst, having a nice structure helps people ground them. And I think that's really important. I love that. Brenda? Well, I think to explain to them, they might have to be a little bit more quiet because a lot of chaos, a lot of noise can be very confusing for a person with Alzheimer's. And so if we're talking about the family situation and a lot of times families can get together and it can get really loud to keep in mind that that's not necessarily helpful for the person who has Alzheimer's and just to encourage them to engage, not to withhold love or time together, but encourage them to engage. Today's episode is brought to you by the McKenzie Meets Alzheimer's Awareness Program, equipping families with information, tips, and activities so that you can enjoy your relationship with a loved one who has Alzheimer's disease or any type of dementia. Through their picture book, videos, and webinars, their passion is to help you help your children understand Alzheimer's. Find more information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable. What has some of the feedback been from families that have gone through your program? We had a woman who got it who didn't have children. Oh. 
but she had her husband was getting Alzheimer's and she thought, well, this will be at a level I can understand. Mm. So she got it and she said, this really gave me hope. Wow. Because I understood it and gave me some, a lot of ideas of things we could do and things we could do together and things that then we could incorporate extended family. 